Recorded. Welcome. Uh, we're continuing to look at Ephesians in series uh, Sit, Walk, Stand. We're into chapter four now, which is in the walk part of this. Uh, so I'll be reading today from chapter four and verses seven to 16. Before this, uh, last week, uh, Sam spoke from verses one to six which was looking at the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace and talked about seven ones. And then uh, Paul in his writing goes on as follows in verse seven. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. When I was researching for uh, my sermon tonight, one of the commentaries I looked at said that this passage is probably the hardest one in the letter, if not in the whole New Testament. So I'm not going to be able to deal with absolutely everything in it uh, in uh, 15 minutes. But I think the first point to make is sort of what I was implying at the beginning. In the walk section, we started by looking about being one, about the being united. But Paul now goes on to show that being united doesn't mean being uniform and everybody being exactly the same. Because he says in verse seven that to each of us, where are we now? To each of us, grace has been given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So the way the grace of Jesus works out in us individually is different, even though we're united together and there's all these things which Sam talked about last week, which uh, unite us. The next bit gets a bit difficult to unpack and a lot of it depends on what your background is, what your expectations about uh, how you see Jesus, uh, how whether you're trying to fit what is saying here into a particular scheme of things. So I'm not going to go through what the various options for interpreting this are. But what is clear, however it is interpreted, is that Jesus has triumphed and he's given gifts to his people. Now, one possibility is that this passage could be referring to the day of Pentecost when 
the Holy Spirit came and gave gifts to the church at that time. But that, as I say, is not the most important bit from it. What we find is that the gifts which are mentioned here, and as we will know, in other parts of uh, Paul's letters, he gives different lists of giftings, are apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds and teachers. Now notice, Paul doesn't say that Jesus gave some people the gift of being an apostle or the gift of being a prophet. What he is saying is that at this point is that these people are a gift from Jesus to the church. So why does he give the, these gifts to us as the church? As we're told here, it's to equip the saints in the work of ministry. And it's for building up the saints, building up the body of Christ. So that we all attain the unity of the faith. That's the unity bit coming in. So we're united, even though we are different and the knowledge of the son of God so that we can become mature adults. The purpose of these gifts, which God, which Jesus has given to his church, is to bring us to maturity. This is why we reject any concept of sort of a clergy, clergy and a laity. The idea that you, in a sense you have a particular people who are professionally doing stuff and the rest of the people who somehow don't quite meet that category. All of us, all the saints need to be equipped for ministry. Now, the elders as shepherds and teachers have a particular responsibility here. But all of us have the responsibility to grasp hold of these gifts that Jesus has given us so that we may attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. So how do we apply the gifts of apostle, prophet and evangelist in our church? When Relational Mission started, Mike Betts was the recognised apostle leading it. Since then, Morris Nightingale and Steph Liston have also been recognised as apostles and they have chosen to continue working with Mike Betts in RM. So currently within Relational Mission, we have three apostles. But also alongside that, in working out how this works out in practice within RM, there are certain people who've got prophetic and evangelistic gifting and others with other kinds of gifting as well, which they as the apostles have recognized as being servants of the church to assist churches in the RM network so that we can get the benefit of the gifting which they've been given and which is a gift to us as a church. Now, as elders, Sam, Peter, myself can access their help, but also we can access their help 
uh, for the church as well. Now, what we had been planning for the year 2020 was to have a weekend in which we could invite one or two of these people with such uh, who are gifts to the church to come down, spend time with us so that we could be taught by them. We could have uh, gifting imparted by them. Now, as Sam has already mentioned, uh, no, sorry, it's probably more in our breakout room uh, that, uh, you know, COVID has come along and upset a lot of plans. So obviously that wasn't able to happen last year. We're not sure whether that will be possible this year. Uh, we're looking into it, uh, whether something like that can be organised uh, for the autumn. But obviously, with a lot of things having not been happening due to COVID, uh, there's a, probably a lot, lot of people all wanting to get things done at the same time afterwards. So we're going to have to see what happens. But certainly part of our long term plan is to do something like this every year so that we as a church can get the benefit of those whom God has given as a gift to the church to help bring us to maturity. You know, as with everything in this, it's not that uh, we get people who are, say, prophetically gifted or evangelistically gifted or in another way, just to come in and be the specialist. The purpose is for them to come in so that we can uh, grow ourselves and as a church we can grow in these uh, gifts which God has given and to be able to serve one another, to be able to grow to maturity ourselves. Obviously, being part of the RM network, there are other opportunities to uh, get uh, input uh, from uh, these, uh, what we call Ephesian 4 ministries, these gifts to the church. Uh, recently, obviously, it's been online, but there's other opportunities uh, in uh, teaching in person, some things which are geared towards particular areas. So we've had people in the past go to sessions geared towards children's work or youth work. And we have, I'm sure there's been others as well. Equally, there's things like Jubilee Plus, which can help encourage us in serving the community. So as elders, we're always happy to encourage people to benefit from those within both the RM, the New Frontiers wider community, where we can grow more to become more mature, to become more Christ-like. So what happens according to this if we don't become mature, if we don't become more Christ-like? Paul, in uh, this section, would get pulled up by various stylists in terms of his writing because he goes into a lot of mixed metaphors at this point. So he talks about it. If we're not mature, we're a bit like a boat which can get blown this way and that by whatever direction the wind's blowing at any one time. And in the days before you had uh, 
steam or diesel engine boats you know if you're in the wrong place and the uh, wind blows in the wrong direction you get stuck on the rocks and i think uh, something i read a few years ago suggested there may be half a million sh uh, boat or shipwrecks off the british coast over all the uh, centuries so you know you don't want to be blown around without any control he also uses the image of being like a child easily distracted and there's also it doesn't really come out in most english translations uh, but uh, the greek uh, they're translating uh, for on things like uh, craftedness and deceitful schemes the imagery behind that is possibly somebody with loaded dice trying to persuade you to have a go. Uh, you know, you never know what you might win kind of thing. So there's all kinds of imagery coming here. But if we don't grow to maturity, we, we've got no stability. We can be blown this way. We can be deceived. So we ha have a responsibility ourselves as in as far as we can to grow in maturity and i think it, it's something which i think any of us ever get there i think the more you grow in the faith the more you realize there is to uh, discover further so in that sense there's always more to discover there's always more depth of the great beauty of god's creation and the way he has designed things to appreciate but this is something we need to do we i think you know sam in always encouraging us uh like today in to be able to contribute and bring things it's out of a desire, I'm, I'm making an assumption here, Sam, I hope I'm correct, but it's out of a desire to see us become more mature. Because if we don't, uh, there's always the risk of letting things slip, taking things for granted, becoming passive. And then if that happens, it's easy then to lose uh, the desire the first love we had you know when you look at revelation at the beginning there when it's taught uh, uh jesus through the apostle john is talking to various different churches you can see if you like some of the consequences of things which paul is warning them here you need to become mature what happens if that doesn't happen so you get people who have lost their first love and, it, and it's become a bit of a drudge you've got people who uh, are no longer uh, seeking to keep the truth of the gospel pure so it's something we need to however much we know it we need to always bring this desire that we want to be mature we want to develop as far as we can in understanding that we want to take advantage of the gifts god has given to help us become mature so i think when our uh, sam 
was asking me about this, I hadn't really thought how I was going to finish this. So let's just finish with a prayer that we individually, we as a church, would be those who want to be mature in all things. That we want to be a church where we are not tossed about, not easily distracted. And in a sense, not trying to go for the quick fix, but willing to allow God to work in us to develop us into the sort of people he wants us to be. So let's pray. Paul finishes this section saying, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when every part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Lord, we want that for our church. Lord, we want that for ourselves individually. We want it for those in our families. But Lord, we want it for our church too, Lord that we might grow to be more and more like you. Lord, that every joint will be in its right place, Lord. That we would work, be working properly. That we would be working in love. Lord, we ask that you would do this. Not just so that, not so that we can boast and say, you know how good we are as a church but so that we might show the love you've given us back so that we might be a beacon for those who are lost and seeking the truth so lord help each one of us to grow in maturity lord help each one of us when we start getting tired and when we start getting distracted lord bring a Others in our church will be pray alongside us to encourage us back, to keep us going. Lord, we know we can't do this in our own strength. We know, Lord, we need the strength of your Holy Spirit. So, Lord, do keep filling us with your Holy Spirit. But, Lord, keep working in each one of us that we might work together to show your truth and your love to the people in our families who don't know you, to the people in our town and villages who don't know you, we pray. Amen.